Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs basketball season preview presented by Saturday Neon. I'm Henry Chisholm. We've got uh, Ryan Koenigsberg, superstar dev here, and uh, we're about to talk through this entire Buffs season. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know I'm hyped. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I couldn't think of a better way to like, this is like my last thing of the week, you know, so this is like a, this is like a launch pad to the weekend and hanging out with you two guys under this beautiful Saturday yeah. neon sign. It, does, it doesn't get any better than that. Dev is glowing over there. Look at him. See, I always thought I looked good, but then I, I brought this out and I noticed that I never did look good, but today I look better. <laughs> Cancel from certain <laughs> angles. <laughs> it's tough to do. It's all you need. Saturday Neon, by the way, like I said, they're presenting this. They make this show possible that we're doing. Um, and what they do, in case you haven't picked up on it, they make neon lights. They've got all sorts of different stuff that you can go check out. Check this um, out. Look at this. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh. I Come on, up. Ryan. Come on. I thought I had it. I thought I had it. I don't know. Oh, oh there. Oh. Yeah. Oh, 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 it flashes. <laughs> it does so many different awesome things. So Ooh. go check that out. Uh, they've got, obviously, all the different lights that you could be asking for. Broncos, all that stuff. Um, but use the code DMVR. Get 10% off your purchase. It's the greatest Christmas gift ever. And uh, you can get, like I said, for 10% discount. Definitely go check that out. But not right now. I don't think it'll be a distracting to the listeners or and the viewers at all if I just leave it like this the whole time. I don't think it's distracting either. I think that'd be <laughs> great. It reminds me of Christmas. That really does, like, when you look at it, it feels like a Christmas tree. You know how those, like... <laughs> Hopefully I find that. a way to stop it. <laughs> well, he does that. I also want to tell you guys, we've got these three tickets to tomorrow's homecoming game against Oregon State. We're going to be giving those away to somebody in the YouTube chat. So if you're watching right now on Twitter, jump over to YouTube. There's, like, links all over. You can also just search for this on YouTube. Um, and... These will go to somebody who can tell us who CU Basketball's leading all-time scorer is. We'll give him out later in the show. Slightly um, a trick question. Oh, oh we're saying that? Uh, we'll we'll let him know about that? I wanted to let him know. Okay, okay. It was my question. But yeah, later on, we'll, we'll pick somebody who uh, gives us the correct answer, and we'll give him to him. So make sure you're around for that as well. Um, I think those are all the big notes you get out of the way. Let's Great. just... Talk about this basketball team. Obviously, it's it's a very different season this year. Um, you, you lose McKinley Wright. You lose Deshaun Schwartz, Dryahorn. Um, so many players, 54% of your minutes from last year are no longer here. Before we dig into the details, just what is this team's identity going to be going forward? I think uh, just looking at it, uh, it's a new day. Like uh, You look at last year and... It's a completely like new team. You just talked about it, losing 54% of your offense or just basically your production. But then you, if you think about it, you, you lose a lot more just because you lose your, your best player. You lose like you know the your heart leader, of the team, yeah. your leader, your everything. So mm -hmm. that has to account for more. So the team that you've seen last year, this is a completely you know, different and new team that just kind of has to create for themselves. So what you're seeing is a team try to find themselves – um, and get themselves going. So this is a, a start of a new day, the renaissance. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what it is to me, is the, the identity is a new era, right? It's There is a new era of Colorado basketball upon us. We had the McKinley-Wright era, mm -hmm. and it's kind of up for grabs as of right now as to who's going to be the face of this next era. Now, of course, you have some stars that exist already on this team, Jabari Walker, Evan Batty, you know, even Eli Parquet, not exactly, uh, sorry, Elijah Parquet. He's Elijah now. Uh, not exactly a star, but you have, this team has, you know, some returning, returning players who are legit. But I do think that in terms of who is going to be the face of this, 
is up for grabs right now. And that is exciting, but it also has to come, in my opinion, with tempered expectations. Yeah, I think that that's fair. And, you know, I think the identity going forward, it's going to be what it always is. And I actually asked Neek about this. Dominique Clifford, we'll, we'll talk about him more later on, but he said defense and rebounding. And this uh. is a Tad Boyle team. It's always going to be defense and rebounding. You know, you got questions about where the points will come from. You got questions about some other stuff too. But you know that at the very least, they will be working hard on the boards. They'll be working hard on the defensive end. They've just got to be big enough and strong enough as young guys to go up against some of the vets they're going to face. Yeah, when you hear about a, like a, a team, you know, give those, you know, what we hear as cliche answers. Mm -hmm. I feel like it really has to be uh, the identity of we're just so different. We're just so new. And also, we don't know who our top scorer is. I think that that's going to be what, what changes them. So I really do believe him when he says like defense and rebounding because they don't have a top guy um, like they have in, in years past. So you do have to try to win over and those small things that wins games. So like it is going to be cliche answers like that, but they really do have to buy into that or it's going to be a long year. But I love when a team starts repeating the cliches of the coach. It means that the coaching is getting through yeah. to them, you know? And so for, for a young guy like that to say the identity of this team is defensive rebounding means he's actually listening when Tad Boyle speaks. I mean, it's not always the most exciting brand of basketball, but Tad Boyle's a genius for this because he has boiled down basketball nice, nice <laughs> uh, to it's such a simple form. Mm -hmm. And he basically says if you, if you defend and you rebound the basketball – you'll have a chance to win the game. And he's absolutely right. So, it, you know, it, it's, you know, however many years of this now, Tad Bowles has been saying the same thing over and over and over again. But there's a reason that they're always competitive. They're always in the thick of things. Because if you defend and if you rebound, then the rest of the stuff should come easier to you. And if you have the players, like, they should have the players, then you're going to win a lot of games. Absolutely. You know, I've had a chance to be up in Boulder and watch a bunch of these practices so far. And it's been a lot of fun for me because all of last year we're hearing, oh, wow, look at this big name recruit, number 50 in the country or whatever, who's, who's jumping on with the buffs. And you're like, oh, these guys are, are going to be good. These are going to be fun. And then you get up there and watch them. It's like, yeah, they're good. They're talented. But they're also like 18-year-olds. And you go oh, yeah. and talk to them. I've had a chance to talk to just about everybody on the team already. They're like just fun kids, and you're like, okay, we'll we'll see what happens. Right. We'll see if you guys can go out there and compete with UCLA, compete with Kansas. It's going to be a lot of fun. They've got the number 13 recruiting class in the country, and they've got a couple of holdovers. And with all that in mind, let's jump in, and let's uh, let's build a rotation here. Let's, let's take a stab at what this team is going to look like this year. Um, we start, of course, with the starters, um, and uh, those starters – there we go. We're looking at the starters. The starters. At point oh. guard, Keyshawn Barthelemy. Uh, he's, he's been around for a couple years now. He, he's from Canada, was going to go to a prep school, decided to enroll early with Colorado, redshirted the 2019 season, played sporadically last year. Um, you'll see right there, 11.4 minutes per game, played in every game. Uh, and this year, he's your starting point guard. How do you guys feel about that? I personally feel pretty good about it. Um, if you had asked me mid last season how I felt about that, I would have been a little bit worried. Mm -hmm. um, but as he kind of came on late in the season, I forget what game it was, but remember I turned to you during a, one of the games and I was like, oh, that was his moment. He just kind of grew up right before our eyes. It was Ken got in foul trouble. Yeah. 
and Keish something like that. Maybe he's turned his ankle. I can't remember what it was. Keyshawn had to come in and play like eight big minutes. And he held his own. He had a couple big shots. He was running the offense. And I was like, that, I'm pretty sure I said, like, when we're talking about next season before the season, I'm going to talk about that moment right there and, and say that was when, you know, Keyshawn kind of came alive. Um, he is an extremely talented kid. And it's going to be different. So if you're expecting him to be McKinley Wright, you're going to have a bad time. If you're expecting him to be a legit Pac-12 point guard, I think, you're, I think you'll enjoy it. When you look at like the trajectory of a, a point guard, like he has the the type of career that you you should want. Um, he redshirts his freshman year, so he has to work for it. He knows what it looks like in practice. Then you sit behind one of the best point guards in you know the whole history of Colorado basketball. Yep. Um, and you learn the ropes, and you get moments out there where you just take over. I feel like I mean he was the second leading assist man and he was off the bench last year so he already has that in his head to like get everyone else involved and try in that way without not like not getting a lot of minutes um so you know what it looks like to be a leader be you know because you're behind the the team's leader but you're also learning and then you have junior and senior year to try to make a point that this is my team like i i seen what it looked like from the other side now i have the chance to take over and be that guy so for him to come in as a, a point guard who's very, very talented, but also has earned his uh, way up and moved up the ranks. This is a this like I feel like he's the most important player for the team this year because it's it's riding on him. He has a big year where he has to bounce back from last year and just show this is me. This is my time. I'm here now. Absolutely. And I think that. You're, you're right on because he will be maybe the most important player. And you think about how do these guys make up for the fact they don't have McKinley Wright? Because that is the biggest loss. Sure, you lose Darius. Sure, you lose a couple other pieces. McKinley Wright's the big loss. And what Tad Boyle has said all preseason is that you do it with a three-headed monster at point guard. And it's going to start with Keyshawn, then you go to KJ Simpson, and then you go to Julian Hammond. To me, though, this is kind of Keyshawn's show. Yeah. And, and it is his chance to really be the guy here. And I think that he provides a, a different game than McKinley did. You oh, know, yeah. if you're trying to go out there and say, okay, we're going to minimize turnovers, we're going to run this offense, we're going to have this, like, the point god mentality, a little bit undersized, he's going to find some, some open shots for himself, but for the most part, he's trying to get the ball to everybody else. I think Keyshawn's going to get to the rim first. I think he's going to take some deep threes, too. I think that his scoring is going to determine a lot of games this season because I do think that there's a real chance he's going to be their number one scoring threat on offense, and he's going to do that to open things up for everybody else. The good news is, you know, he can't. He has the talent to be a three-level scorer. Good catch. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and that's what we get for uh, not properly um, hanging that. <laughs> I have spidey senses. I'm talking about spidey. That, I mean, wow. that's hands team right there. <laughs> That's hands. That team is right hands there. team. At least the uh, neon sign survived. That's all that matters, really. Anyways, show must go on. <laughs> Keyshawn has the ability to be a three-level scorer. Yep. You know, he can be a three-point shooter. He has a nice little mid mid-range game. That's kind of the first thing that worked for him. And finally, you know, he is he has the length to be able to finish at the rim. Now, you know, m maybe not at the next level, but in the Pac-12, where you're not necessarily having to go through the trees. Um, he's going to have the, the ability to get to the rim and score there. So that's going to be really important for this team if he can actually develop all three levels of that game. It, seriously, it, it will be. And, and we've seen it in practice. You know, I've, I've been out there quite a bit, and he'll take some deep threes, and you're like, okay. But 
they're going in more than they did last year. He was what a thirty percent three point shooter last year. That's got to go up this year. Yeah. And I think he's capable. I think that it happens. I'm excited, and I think that he is going to do a lot to determine what is going to happen with the Buffs this season. Uh, we can move along though to uh, the the shooting guard, Eli Parquet. Um, no graphic right now because a <laughs> producer you might have noticed is a little bit busy. Also, the chat, Dev, very impressed. Very impressed with what you've done. Mm. We got a nice save. The Buffs have as good a hands uh, as Dev. All will go well. How the fuck did Dev catch that? All sorts of great stuff. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just, you got to be aware of your surroundings. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Just make sure that you're looking left and right before you cross the streets out there. Don't okay. try that at home or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. And then also, like, I seen that in Elijah Parquet last year where you just oh. have to use your hands to, <laughs> to make sure that you're involved. Uh, this is a guy that... A lot of the, the attention went to um, McKinley Wright last year, and it was, like, granted. Um, and you, you have to. You don't have to give him that type of credit. But um, Parquet was, like, named to the 2021 um, all-defensive, like, team. That's the guy that it has to start with on that end of the floor. Yep. Um, you already heard it from Clifford earlier that the defense is, like, what's going to change uh, games and what is going to win on this team he's their best defender last year as a shooting guard he led the team in blocks you just don't see that often from 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 a guard um so he's, he's great as a help side defender he's gonna have to step up as a scorer this year but now he, he's gonna have the ball in his hands so he has the abilities to be that that two-way player and two-way option for them mm -hmm. so this is a big year for him as well when tad is at his best he has a guy that he can say, I need you to stop their best player tonight. And he has that in Eli. Now, obviously, you're not going to put him on, you know, whoever, a, a big if they're if that's the best player. But most college teams, their best player is a guard or a wing. Mm -hmm. And Tad can say, if I need a stop or if I need you to lock someone down for a whole game, he can give that responsibility to Eli. And there have been plenty of guys before Eli that he has used in that role, and, and it allows him to really be at his best. So that's huge for this team. That's huge for Tad. And you got to have upperclassmen, especially at Colorado, who succeed. And he is a perfect example of, like, why. You know, he's smart. He's not going to make any bad decisions. He's going to take the right shot at the right time, and then he's just going to go lock down on defense, and he's also going to crash the boards and you know do what Tad Boyle needs people to do. Absolutely, and and he is just a gift for these point guards. The fact that they have Eli right next to them, it's just it's just going to be so nice. I mean, he's going to take the tougher defensive assignment. He's going to be able to knock down shots if things aren't going well. We've seen in practice that he can get his own shot more than he's been able to in the past. He's taken a couple little post fadeaways, a couple baseline jumpers, just stuff like that, that when the offense stalls out a little bit, he is an option now. And that's just the value of having a guy who's played Pac-12 basketball for this long. And so talented. Has practiced and practiced and practiced. You know, like over and over when, and over. When you come in at 18 years old, you can develop. You know, like mm -hmm. if you, you can come in as not a shooter and leave a shooter, like that's the time in your life when you can learn that type of stuff. All he's been doing is getting jumpers up every single day for, you know, however many years now. And, and he understands, you know, that this team is going to need that. So, Dev, the chat is still just losing their minds <laughs> over you having that save. I mean, that was one-handed, left-handed, over-the-shoulder. Like, you know, OBJ's been in the news today. I don't even think OBJ could have made that play. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I, I had a chance to talk to Eli a couple weeks ago, and you can read this story on the website. Um, but just some of these quotes. Like, I just want to lock in on that and lock people up. That's what gets me going for sure. They can't score on me. I put targets on people like that. Uh, talking about, like, all these guards he's gone up against for a few years, you get to know their game a lot, certain stuff they do. You play good defense on them. They probably don't like that matchup, so they've got to go through that when they come here. Um, there's just all sorts of... The, he gets fired up going against these guys. When Remy Martin comes back with Kansas... He's going to be really mm, excited to see Remy that. Martin again. Although it's just so it nice was, to have was, that on the team. A lot of times it was Ken taking that matchup, but still. It's true. It's true. But Remy Martin got picked um, Big 12 preseason player of the year. I mean, he was the preseason, he was a preseason All-American last year. So we didn't learn anything? We have never learned anything <laughs> about Remy Martin. I don't understand. He has his moments. He has his moments. He has his uh, moments, but he's never lived up to the hype <laughs> ever. That's for sure. Uh, true. Um, but yeah, even with Parquet, like just the idea of him being basically the veteran on the team, mm -hmm. um, he's going to have to be a lead by example guy. And you, you see those in those defensive guys, um, that, that hang their hat on that end of the floor. So having a very, very young group around him and being a guy that, you know, the, the captain of your team is a defensive guy. That's something that you could build on. And that's something that I'm sure that they're going to try to rally, around like moving forward and just especially with this group in particular like to have um evan batty and and parquet be your older guys on the team like that that's a coach's dream because like you want your young guys to buy in and those are the two guys to buy in around um just having the heart the entire time so i do feel like this team is going to be a team that like is battle tested they're going to have those type of moments and it's going to start with, with parquet yep uh, starting at the three, Tristan Da Silva. He's a guy who I'm really fired up about. He's a six foot ten scorer. He's Brazilian. He's German. He comes over, and I think that he's just going to be a bucket this year. Shot 53% from the field last year, I believe. There's a lot to like about his game, and I've actually heard that there's been there there've been a few NBA scouts out there, obviously for Jabari, but also to keep an eye on Tristan Da Silva. This is maybe the most surprising development of the offseason for me. One. And we'll talk about him in a second. One was Luke O'Brien turning from a kid into a man overnight. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Nope. Um, the other is the hype coming out of Boulder about Tristan Da Silva. Um, because, let's be honest here, for his career up to this point, well, for his career up to about halfway through last season, he was no one expected anything from mm -hmm. him ever. Um, and then he comes in and starts playing. And no one expected anything from him then. And then he starts playing well. And people are like, wow, this is a nice surprise out of nowhere. And then he starts playing like big minutes and big games and delivering then. And it's been mm -hmm. one of those things where just around every corner, there keeps being something new from Tristan Da Silva. And the latest one is people up in Boulder thinking like Tristan Da Silva is a legit important piece of this basketball team. Uh, and I, I kind of just love this like character development story where he goes from Oh, yeah, like his brother was good. We'll take a flyer on him, too. Mm -hmm. No, this guy's actually legit. And like you said, NBA scouts are, like, keeping an eye on him. It's yep. it's a, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, how do you not? Like, he's 6'10", sophomore, like, all potential. Like, he has all the potential in the world. And also, he's had his moments that, like, make him stand up. That, you know, 6 for 6 performance where he had 15 points off the bench for against Oregon State. Like, mm -hmm. that, that stands out because you know what he has been when he gets those minutes. Um, he didn't play a ton, so there's a lot for him to prove, and I'm sure that there's going to be a, a learning gap. But for him to go in with this group 
and be a guy that can stand out, can be true to himself as a scorer, that goes a long way, especially with like all those intangibles. You don't just be able to become a six ten, you know, small forward with without like having that ability to to be able to just do it all. So they're gonna give him like I feel like he's gonna have a green light this year, and it's up to him to just make or, or break his season. So a lot is riding on him this year, but he'll have the opportunity. One thing, I, my question about Tristan would be like. Is he there athletically? Mm. Because he's mm -hmm. absolutely there fundamentally. Mm -hmm. Like, when you watch him, he gets the ball in the post. He does all the right things. He makes the right moves. When he's shooting from the corner, like, it's very clean. It's very smooth. Where are you always worried? Is, is he going to have the athleticism to compete at this level? Mm -hmm. And athleticism is a finicky thing, but, you know, you get stronger. You can get a little bit quicker. You can get, you know, you can jump a little bit higher. So if he can just maybe make a small progression from an athletic standpoint i think that can go a long way for sure and i had a i had a chance i got probably 10 minutes with him on wednesday just like talking about all sorts of stuff because i never actually met him in person before and his whole story you know coming over from germany during the pandemic i'm like kind of living through that and we talked about the nebraska game where there were over fifteen thousand fans on sunday Nebraska fans and he's never played in front of a crowd before and I was like so that's that's gotta be kind of tough right like getting in that environment he's like that was incredible like it's actually more fun when you're getting booed like when you're out there and, and they're just like booing you make a shot and they all shut up there is nothing better than that and just the things that he says I, I, I think that he's he's a smart guy and I think he really wants to be good at basketball the reason I was all alone is because he was the last one in the gym again it's always him and Evan after practice it, I, I had to probably wait for another 30 minutes after I talked to Neat Clifford because he was just out there getting up shots. He, it could be something special this season, and I'm, I'm fired up to watch him. I think he's a, you know, you mentioned like keys or X factors. He's one of those guys where, again, no one's like necessarily expecting it. If he comes out there and he is a legitimate scorer, legitimate contributor, that is going to be one of those things that can take this team from. I personally, and we can get to you know full expectations later, but I'm not expecting this team to make the tournament this year. If those things kind of come together and Tristan De Silva is a guy, then that that opens up that possibility for them. Yeah, that's definitely part of the path. Big part of the path, the power forward, Jabari Walker. He's uh what I was looking through some of the draft boards. Fringe first round draft pick is is what it's looking like right now. If he decides to go, I talked to him earlier this this uh, fall about his decision not to enter the draft last year. I think there was there was one prospect uh, in his recruiting class ranked higher than him who didn't declare for the draft. So he was the number two on that list. He was like, honestly, I didn't even consider it. I, I've just been thinking about game my game better doing that sort of stuff. But he to me is the big X factor. And the big question I think is just does he stay out of foul trouble? Can he stay on the floor? Can he provide consistency? Because those are things he didn't provide last year as a freshman playing in the Pac-12. I'm glad that he didn't declare just because I don't think mm -hmm. that he would be on a team right now or he would be in the G League just trying mm -hmm. to make himself like better. But also it just shows that like he still has so much to prove and he understands that. I really think that like he had like a really good year while he was named to the um, all freshman Pac-12 team, but he has a lot more like in his tank. He has a lot more to learn, and also he's going to get better as the mm -hmm. as the year grows, and and that's going to be under Tab Oil. Like he's the he's the best player on the team this year, in in my opinion. Like it's it's all around him, and he has it on offense. He has it on defense. He he rebounds well. He has the potential, like we already talked about. 
Um, but I feel like he has that it factor. It just is about learning and coming to his own. So this is a year about understanding who you are. And I'm, I'm glad that he has the right people in his corner, the right people in his ear. And he comes from a son of an of a NBA player. So for him to like say, like, let's stick it out, let's play another year, that shows like the type of leadership that he has around him that he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder and get a lot better. He's a guy who was so impressive last year. And to me, it still felt like he was learning how to use his body. Yeah. Like, he's so big. He's so athletic. And, like, it's weird, but, like, his feet are huge. They are. He is massive. <laughs> and, like, I felt like at times he was getting – like, he just he's still trying to grow into being this huge of a human. Yep. And, you know, another year – in uh you know in, in a division one weight program another year you know under tad boyle and that coaching staff the sky is honestly the limit for him i mean i think uh, you know the the ceiling is pac-12 player of the year like he's that talented he is that able um for him like you said it's going to be consistency you know he creates so many problems for a defense and in mm -hmm. matchup wise when they when they look at this team they're saying who are we going to use to guard jabari and whatever you decide, he has a counter, right? If you go too small, he's just going to take him down in the paint. If you go too big, well, he's going to stretch him out to the corner and hit threes. He had 52% of threes last season. And that doesn't even <laughs> include – I assume that doesn't include when he went off for six in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So this is a guy who has everything. Yep. He has everything you can want. So there's a reason he's a first-round prospect. And he could go from, you know, a fringe first-round prospect to a lottery pick. With the way that he plays this year. For sure. I mean, this is a big year for a lot of guys on this team. Nobody more so than Jabari Walker. I mean, he he could turn himself into a lottery pick this year. Or, I mean, if he struggles with foul trouble, if if he isn't all there defensively, if, if the scoring kind of comes and goes, he's back in Boulder for a couple more years. Again, maybe not the worst thing in the world for Buffs fans, but still, what's best for everybody is that you get these guys to the program. It helps with recruiting, helps with all that sort of stuff. Get these guys onto the NBA. And what? It's been probably about every three years Colorado has a, a draft pick. Yep. Two, three years. Three years probably is about right because Kin wasn't actually drafted. I mean, Jabari Walker, this is, this is his chance right now. This is his turn to be that guy. Question is just, does he go and do it or not? We can move on to the center spot, Evan Batty. I mean, what do you even say about the guy? I mean, the, the story, obviously, like, I, you don't want to reduce him to, to a story because he's a really good basketball player. He's a really great guy. I've, I've spent a lot of time with Evan, and, you know, just for people who haven't heard the whole story, you know, he, he had a stroke early on at Colorado, had to redshirt, went through all this stuff, learning to speak again. And I think, so he came on one of our, our Broncos, or not Broncos, our bus football pregame shows and we just talked about we just ranked some of the live mascots and afterward he tweeted something like you know it's nice to like it's nice to be able to go out and just confidently speak and have all the words come out it's like I totally forgot that he has all of that in his background but he has that he has the fact that he plays harder than everybody else there's the emotions they shows on the court there's so many things to love about Evan Batty and this is going to be his last year in Boulder 
it's going to be pretty crazy watching this happen because, you know, we can say Jabari Walker is the best player on the team. You know, Keyshawn Bartholomew needs to kind of potentially lead the way scoring. But to me, this is Evan Batty's basketball team, and it's his chance to to do what he can in his last year in Boulder. And he's probably the most accomplished of the bunch in terms yes. of what he's done. Preseason All-Pac-12. At this level. I, I cannot say enough about Evan Batty. I nope. mean, it, it, would, it, it would we could do a whole show of me just talking about how much I love this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I speak for a lot of people watching right now and I say he is legitimately one of my favorite athletes at CU football basketball anything of all time um you know when when you go to a university and you become you know a a lifelong fan of these teams all you hope for is someone that you're proud is putting that university's name across their chest and it would be impossible for me to be more proud to have someone represent the university than than Evan Batty. He is an incredible human. He's an incredible leader. He's an incredible teammate. And he's an incredible basketball player, yep. uh, especially at, at the college level. So it's, uh, it, like I said, I, I can't say enough about him. Um, I will probably cry at his senior day. Like that's how much this kid means to Colorado basketball. It means to me. Even in that exhibition game against Mines, you know, the, the only real goosebumps moment was when they introduced Evan Batty. Because what? It's it's 2,000 fans in a gym that holds over 11,000. And they announce Keyshawn. They announce all these guys we've announced. And then it gets to Evan. And everybody goes crazy. He gets an and one. Everybody goes crazy. It is going to be so much fun just watching his reactions to the crowd, watching how the crowd interacts with him. That is kind of the... I mean, that's the heart of the team this season. Yep. That is what this is all about. If you ever see uh, anyone talk about Evan Batty, it's the exact same thing. Just <laughs> happiness. Like he, if you don't speak glowingly about him, there's something wrong with you. Yes, um, that's just the type of like human being he is and the type of person he is. And also like that resiliency of, of fighting through a stroke and getting back to basketball and playing at a high level, um, of just leading a team and being their emotional like everything like he, he's, he's everything for that cu team and for him to be the face of the team like ryan said you have to be proud of that but it also goes on to show like this guy's also still good at basketball as well he's also a guy that now that the fans are able to be back he's going to be a crowd favorite he's going to be the guy that can um be a, a up or a down for the team and, and he's always going to play his hardest he's always going to give you an extra opportunity he led the team last year in offensive rebounds and that just goes to show you he's a hard worker. So we talked about it um, when we just spoke about Parquet. Like, you have to have guys that you could um, put out on the floor and you're going to play hard around. And you have a very young team. They're going to go as far as you go. And to have a guy in there that can play hard, um, hustle hard, rebound hard, and, and push other guys around and be that type of player, that that determines the type of year that you have. Um, Ryan said it like, and I'm also on that same thing. I, I really don't think this team will make um, the tournament or anything like that, but there's going to be a lot of fun times. You're not going to give up on this team because you always feel like you have a chance when you have Batty on the floor. I mean, he's always going to give you a chance. He's always yep. going to make that right play. Um, I, I do, you know, question the type of player that he's going to be this year without having a McKinley right that can put you in spots that you go score, but he's done it time and time again. He proves you wrong. Every single time that you doubt him. So I'm excited to just see everything that he does on the floor and just take it all in. No matter what, take in every single thing that he gives you this year. And Sally in the comments said something about the crowd. Remember, 
McKinley Wright didn't get a proper send-off. Yeah. Uh, and that is someone that, you know, is up there with Evan in terms of yeah. fan favorite status um, ever. And I think that what you're going to see this year is that all of that emotion that they weren't able to show towards McKinley will be shown towards Evan. Mm -hmm. Like you said, he's going to get an amazing ovation every night. But, you know, as you go through the season, people are going to realize this is this is a guy that we have to appreciate. You know, uh, you talk to anyone who was there the night um, that he he walked out to the free throw line alone and got the standing ovation from the crowd. Like, it's just he elicits special moments you know going back to his freshman year when it was um Shane Gatling who made uh -huh. a big mistake in the game and like you want to be upset and then you look over and Evan Batty of all people is on the sidelines like literally lifting his chin up like keep your head up literally I mean he he makes memorable things happen and uh he's going to have memorable moments this I, year there's there's so many and you could spend this whole show talking about them but there's also I mean we're speaking of Tristan De Silva he said that one of the big reasons that Colorado wound up on his radar was when Evan Batty was on the break. He runs into Oscar De Silva, his big brother at Stanford, and knocks him down. It's an ugly scene. He's unconscious. There's blood. And Evan's crying. The, the team's come together. And it's this whole big moment. And one of the things Tristan said is the reason he considered Colorado in the first place was because of that moment, because of the way the team cares. And Evan Batty, again, is just at the center of all of that. In terms of basketball, you know... He, he's talked a little bit about wanting to have kind of the Nikola Jokic game, which is what you want to hear from any center, right? Yeah. Like the footwork, you, got, you see who's open, you make the passes, all that kind of stuff. Um, but also, I feel like Nikola Jokic defensively should kind of be adding some of that Evan Batty game. And I think we've seen, maybe not because he's looking at Evan, but <laughs> seen some of that. Just so big in the post, making it so tough to get to the rim, clearing space for Jabari to come in and block some shots. That's that to me is the biggest value that Evan brings is he's just that anchor on defense. When you have that piece, you've got Eli on the boundary. There's there's no ceiling to the defense. This is a guy who's who was strong enough, and obviously you know Evan Mobley not the strongest dude in the world, but he made life difficult on Evan Mobley just by how strong he was. Right? Mm -hmm. He doesn't allow he doesn't give up ground, mm -hmm. um, and so whoever he goes up against this year is just he he's you're not gonna have fun. No. Like, and Evan Mobley got his in a couple games just because that's who he is. But you're not going to have fun going up against uh, Evan Batty. He's going to make life difficult on you. Absolutely. Um, also, we mentioned Selly in the comments. Uh, if you're in the comments, make sure that you uh, let us know CU's all-time leading basketball score. Just leave it in the YouTube chat. We, we'll we pick somebody answer. who does it. We, we do have, have, we do answer, have an answer. But... It's going to be it's random. Somebody, Whoever it's just gets somebody it right, who says it. It's a drawing from We'll them. do a drawing later on, but make sure you get your answer in. Three tickets to the homecoming game against Oregon State tomorrow, donated by our guy, Selly. I'm actually Appreciate excited that. about that game. It's going to be fun. It's been a while, but it's going to be a fun CU football game. I hope so. Well, there's a potential at least. <laughs> we can move along to this bench, though, and we're going to do things a little bit differently. We'll move a little bit quicker through the bench, but we got to put these guys in order. You know, I'll start. The sixth man is Neat Clifford. Tab Boyle has said throughout the offseason, or I guess not the offseason, this preseason buildup, these preseason practices, Neek is basically a sixth starter. He's going to get that first opportunity. And I know, Dev, he's somebody who you've spent a lot of time watching. Can you give us a rundown on Neek Clifford? Beast. This is just <laughs> a quiet beast. Like, he's just so smooth. And um, just like, and I feel like he's going to have the same trajectory as he had in high school where you know, he's not really known as much, you know, early on. And he just continues to get better and better until he becomes the best player on the team. I really do think that 
Nick is away a year away from being the best player on CU's team. Wow. But I think that this is going to be a year that, like, you know, everyone, like, starts to realize how good of a player he is and, and how talented of a player he is. And it might even come this season at the end of the year, but he just does everything. Uh, very efficient. Um, and we haven't really seen that much because I think that he's starting to become bigger and starting to grow into that body and, and trying to put on that weight. He's a smaller player, and he's he's always been that. But he's a natural scorer, does it all. But he's also he's locked in on that defensive end. He's just not as big right now, but it's going to come. Um, understands basketball in a different way, high IQ, probably the you know the the nicest guy on the team. But he also has that competition. It is tough competition on this team. But he comes from that. But he, I mean, he's just such a high IQ, smooth player that it's going to come. And you you love to have a teammate like him. He's he's the real deal. And I think someday he's going to be a lockdown defender. I think that to the me length. is exactly. He has that length, and you know how Taboyle coaches. I've I've mentioned already. That's something that Neek has emphasized that that he wants to be that. If he gets that. And he adds all this offensive game that we know he's capable of. You know, he can get to the rim. He can pull up and hit some mid-range shots. He, he can knock down open threes when you get those for him. He does have potential to be that sort of guy. And I think that he's probably one of those players you look at as like a, a four-year player. Where year three, year four, you're saying, wow, what a player to have on your basketball team. It, almost in like an Elijah Parquet type of way, but probably with more offensive potential. I mean, that would be huge. Um, this is another guy who kind of dealing with high expectations last year didn't necessarily even really get the opportunities to live up to him um, and comes into this year with people saying, like, all right, let's see it. You know, let's see it from Nick Clifford. Uh, someone in the comments said, you know, he's one of the most unique players mm -hmm. on the team, which I don't know if they meant for the pun, um, <laughs> but he really is. He has such a unique skill set. He's such a unique build. He is, you know, Tad Boyle loves himself a lengthy guard, uh, mm -hmm. and he can be that for this team. I am, uh, I'm like, I I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about what he can be. Uh, and you love when you get big time contributors who are from Colorado. Uh, it just, it just helps add. You know, it helps. Um, so I hope that he ends up being that guy. One last piece I'll add to Neek is. You have to think about this being so much different than he's ever been used to. Totally. This is a guy mm -hmm. that has came from... 3A, right? 3A school, but not even only a 3A school. Vanguard. It's like small, small. <laughs> They're playing against... Like, he was getting quadruple teamed at times. And he's still putting up 30, you know, 30 points, you know, 28 points. And still makes the extra pass. Still is going, you know, block the ball off the floor. He's never seen this type of physicality, you yep. know, at that 3A mm -hmm. level. And it's not to knock them, but it's just it looks completely different. You know, like so um, for him to have to go into an uh, environment as a D1 basketball player, get abused every day in practice, have to get on the weights and get stronger, still like maintain in school and just try to learn that on the fly. I feel like a lot just was just coming at him at a lot, like at, at a fast mm -hmm. pace, and he's now starting to like calm down and get it, and, and that's just what you're seeing right now. So I think that this is just a year that he's like, okay, I'm comfortable. This is this is who I am. I, you know, I'm adapting, but also I'm that guy. So I'm I'm high on him. I'm the higher on him than than anyone. He's that guy, <laughs> and I mean, and Mike McCubbin that's in the in the chat. Mm -hmm. He he's a guy that's high on him too. So. We, we've seen that growth and that maturation process from him, and I just think that he's he's going to be there. 
I agree. And, and we saw it on Sunday. You know, the, the Buffs had that exhibition game at Nebraska. 15,000 fans for an exhibition game, which is just There's crazy. There's nothing else to do in Lincoln. I Especially guess it isn't that crazy, Sunday. is it? That is very true. Uh, but it was an ugly game for Colorado. They, they went down by 16 by halftime. A lot of guys struggled. Neat Clifford tied for the leading scorer. He had 12 points on 5 of 10 shooting. Put up eight boards, four offensive, four defensive. A couple of turnovers, but threw an assist. It, just a nice, well-rounded game when a lot of the team was struggling. And, and I think we're going to see that at, at points this season. Huge. Um, my question now, though, who is the seventh man on this team? Because I feel like you've got at least a few options here. Let's look at the, the options here. Uh, Luke O'Brien, <laughs> the newly crowned man, mm-hmm. grown-ass man. Uh, Julian <laughs> Hammond, Lawson Lovering. Um, you've got Ruffin, you've got Simpson. I'll say this. Simpson is the guy who I've heard the most about. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, all, a lot of different guys getting praise, but of recent, people are saying he's like, first of all, the next coming of Evan Batty in terms of the type of person that he is. And second of all, um, absolutely warranted all the hype, you know, that came in with him. So I don't know if he's the seventh man. But that's the name that, you know, I think people are most excited about up there. I think that's a good pick. I think to me, I think to me it's, it is KJ. And, you know, you compare him to Evan, that's a, that's a good one. I, I compare him to Phil Lindsay. Mm. That mentality, just a very straight ahead thinker, like high energy, like don't really want to get in his way. You just kind of let him just talk, Do honestly, when you talk to him. But, yeah, he's a... He's fired up, and, and he loves this program. You know, he's committed to Arizona. Um, he's said a couple times, like, I'm just so happy to be here. This is just the best place to be. Um, media day, Buffs media day. I had a chance when we were both between interviews just to hang out with him for like 10 minutes. We talked about all sorts of stuff, um, including him just talking about how much he loves McKinley Wright. Five minutes straight of him just talking about how much he loves McKinley Wright. It's like, you know, Keyshawn, he's so valuable to us. You know, he's good. He's been in the program. He got to play against McKinley Wright every day. Like, <laughs> he got to play against Ken every day. And he's going, it's like, I, I love his energy. He's going to get his head down. He's going to get to the basket. And he's obviously talented. Um, he's, uh, what, uh, the 2021 Division One Player of the Year, three-time first-team All-State in California, West Hills, California, played at Chaminade. A, just a, a blue chip prospect, and he's going to be a lot of fun. He's big time. Like when you go uh-huh. and you sign the number one player in Colorado, and then you have another guy at that exact same position, and he, you know, kind of just like falls in your lap, mm-hmm. and he's also bought into everything that you're doing. You're a lucky team. I feel like they really got lucky with getting KJ Simpson, and mm-hmm. from here, he has the opportunity to just create his legacy at CU. I think that this is a year um, where he'll just take it all in, but he, he has the like the makings to be that guy. He does everything well on the basketball court. I think he's going to be a big-time scorer for um, yep. Colorado. But he, he's a guy that he's always going to be a Tab Boyle guy. He's going to be a guy that he always wants to have on the floor at all times because he's clutch, he, he knows what he wants, and he's also going to push it out of everyone else so that, like, that's a leader type of guy um, that you could also build around. Like, they have a really, really good young core. And having guys that, like, fit your qualities and what you want and you have a guy like him that's really talented and is going to be able to be a star, you know, at, at this um, level, that's what you need. So I think that this is a year that he's going to learn the road, like, just, like, learn everything around him. But yep. 
moving forward, he, he's going to be a guy. Yeah. When you have a recruiting class like this, how many guys were in that class? Five guys. So there's five guys in that class. Now, you know, basically all info would tell you not all five guys are going to hit. Mm-hmm. You really need, like, two to become stars. Mm-hmm. And if two become stars, that's a massive draft class for you. Um, it, this isn't Kentucky. This isn't Arizona. This isn't Kansas where you just draft you, – you, you, you just bring in stars every single time. Colorado needs one or two stars to come through these big classes. A lot of people will bet heavy that KJ Simpson is one of them. Yeah, and I mean, you look at him. He's he's is their number two recruit in their class. We saw number eighty eight in the country. They also got number eighty nine in the country according to twenty four seven Sports. Quincy Allen. Um, he's six foot seven, one ninety, just this long guy. He has a torn labrum, so he's out for the year. Seems like as good a time as any just to throw it's that okay, out there. Yeah. yeah, it's a good good red shirt year. We'll see yeah. him next year. Um, but but eighth man, I'll I'll throw Lawson Lovering yeah. out there. Luke O'Brien is probably the other one that you really look at. And that just depends on who they're coming in for, right? Probably, yeah. Um, Lawson, Lawson's interesting because he was a guy last season who I heard some crazy talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I've never heard that, that the buzz from up there be as high on a recruit as they were about Lawson Lovering. And I'm, I think they're still really high on him. Um, but he's just not – like. You're so set in the front court in terms of your guys there that he's just not going to need to play as much. But like I said, you know, um, I'll just say it. Like, last year people were telling me, like, this guy has the potential to be Pac-12 freshman of the year. Like, mm-hmm. that's how good he is. Now, again, I still don't think he's going to play enough to garner those honors. But if he can play at a high caliber coming in for those guys where you don't have to sweat if Evan Batty or Jabari Walker, you know, gets in foul trouble and you can kind of mix and match your bigs up there um, – you know, he when when you have a true seven footer in college football or in college basketball that can be a player for you and not mm-hmm. just a stiff. Yep. It makes a world of difference. He's he's seven feet tall. He can pass. He's a knockdown jump shooter. Um, I mean, what more do you ask for? Right. Like like that is the perfect basketball player. And I think that there's obviously a lot of room to grow. He needs to get better defensively. Um, just get used to his body as well with some of these guys. I mean, we saw in the Mines game, the exhibition game, he had a he had a great move. It was like a double pump fake, a little step through, and he gets to the rim, just cooks a guy. And I asked him about it, and he said, you know, I actually blacked out on that play. I, I got to the bench, uh-huh. and, and everybody was like, wow, that was so cool. And he's like, what did I even do? And, and there's stuff like that where he's like, yeah, these are all 18-year-olds. And some of them are going to hit, some aren't. And I think Lawson is going to, by the end of the season, he's going to be a key contributor for this team. You just got to get up to speed. Also, a little uh, little tidbit. So he was actually not Wyoming's Gatorade Player of the Year last year. An all-time snub um, because he's just a freak. So there were a couple of other guys on his team who could score points. And there was a guy on another team from Sheridan who uh, put up two more points per game than him. Lawson's team beat his team in the semifinals. Whole big thing. That kid gets Gatorade Player of the Year. That kid commits to Montana State mm. and will be playing Lawson Lovering in the opener. Uh, Sam Lekalat, six foot seven forward. Just a little side plot to be paying attention to. That'd be fun. That'd Where be they're fun. playing should tell you who should have won that award. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I um, hate those guys. With we we mentioned two guys when it comes to that. So like Lawson Lovering and also um, the man child of Luke O'Brien. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's going to be a, like a tough one to put out there just because they, they both have that massive size. One guy is, you know, seven foot and agile. 
Um, but I feel like, you know, he is coming into his own body. But And, and everything, like, seems to be moving, like, way too fast for him. So it's about slowing it down um, and getting to that. And, li and like you guys said, there's been so much uh, positivity coming out of the type of player that he can be. So when it finally does come together, that's going to be a scary backcourt. There's going to mm -hmm. be a scary, um, you know, second unit. Just because you don't see him overtaking Batty is just, like, hard. So this yeah. is a year that he has to just... It's an it's another learning year. This is like a retro year while you're actually on the court playing. So you're learning mm -hmm. while you're still getting real minutes and really a part of that rotation. So this is a great year for Levering to just get himself together. Mm -hmm. As far as far as Luke O'Brien, he's a player that like I just feel like he can take over in so many different ways and his body type and what he brings to the table is just so different than everyone else just because they don't really have that type of size and 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 people that can like defend and score in, in different ways the way that he does so i feel like there's going to be times that you're going to see loss and levering there's yeah. going to be times that you're going to see luke o'brien as that seventh man i think there's going to be times you see you know luke o'brien as a starter think that he's just a player that you're just going to put in at different times um, so you could just kind of combine those two together that if they get on the court at the same time, that's a very, very dangerous duo that you could put on at all times. And I, I really like both. Luke O'Brien listed as a 6'7", 213-pound guard. <laughs> like, just how nice is that to have? He can defend multiple Almost positions. Almost go one through five for you. A absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's his big thing is that versatility. He, to me, is kind of like the problem solver. And, and I think that you probably put Neek in that category too he can go get you a bucket off the bench luke you can plug him into all these different spots you can play him at the two play him at the three play him at the four and i think just good things are going to happen um that size is what stands out the craftiness around the rim he had a little little hook shot in practice on uh uh when was that Wednesday when I was up there and all the guys were joking about it they call him like Hakeem the the dream like old dream what all that stuff and, and that's just what he does he can score in a bunch of different ways he can defend different positions and I think he's another guy who you look at and say hey you played 10 games last year you could be a really important piece of this team this year yeah absolutely you can and as he grows up and as Neat Clifford grows up and as some of these other guys grow up you start to imagine the versatility that Tad is going to have at his disposal and the lineups that he can create. And, you know, another thing that Tad loves to do when he has the opportunity to is just switch one through five. Yep. And, you're, you know, you're starting to see the makings of a group that might be able to do that as they grow up. Yep. I mean, you look at Julian Hammond, only six foot two, but long, good defender. I think he's next up on this list. He's probably your 10th guy. Um, Colorado Knight. Gatorade Player of the Year. Do we skip Knight? Wait. Neek. Oh, no, six, seven, eight. Nine. Oh, you're okay, right. You're okay, right. okay. No, no, no. Neek, KJ, Lawson, oh, and Luke. Okay, yeah. There, okay, there, okay, I'm, okay. You're right, you're right. But, but, but yeah, I mean, Julian Hammond, he's the Colorado guy. He, to me, you know, you look at Keyshawn, he's just your, like, combo guard scorer who plays the point guard position. KJ is your little bulldog, get to the rim, he's fast, he's quick. And then Julian, to me, is just, like, your true point guard. He's gonna get a, he's gonna get a defender on his back. He's gonna cook in the post. He's gonna play the pick and roll well. And that's kind of his role on this team. Julian Hammond is uh, he's an alpha dog, like um, ultimate competitor that is a bucket. Like everything about him is a bucket. He feels like everyone is too small, and you need mm -hmm. a guy like that that plays with that chip on his shoulder. Um, a, a lot of coming out of you know high school was that he wasn't gonna go D one because he's like not athletic. 
but he gets you like scoring in, in every other way. He he shoots the three ball ex like exceptionally well. He puts all like smaller defenders like you know in a blender because he he's just too strong and that's that football pedigree as well. Um, but also he just understands basketball. Like yep. everything seems to like slow down for him, and and he's a player that that plays with that chip. He. He wants to guard. He he wants to do the things that you say he can't do. And he's also progressing as a passer. And that was something that, you know, went under the radar just because it was so easy for him to score. Why would I pass if I could score every single time I touch it? Now he's learning, you know, like everyone else is as talented as he is. Um, so now he's like, okay, I could, you know, I can involve others. But like naturally, I am a scorer. I'm a guy that can put points on the board. And there are going to be times that you also need that spark, and he's going to provide that, even as a freshman. Yep. Um, so this class is a strong class, and it's for guys like that that are able to yeah. just score whenever they want to um, and and just bring the best out of your team. So Julian Hammond, he's, he's also a guy that I feel like they're going to have to build around like in the future. This is a really, really – like. I know we we know that it's like a strong recru recruiting class with it being a top fifteen class, like it was number thirteen. Yep. But this they they did it. Like they <laughs> they, they, they made it. sure that they got the guys, the premier guys in the state, out of the state. It does not matter. But like you don't see that, and and this is like a very very special class, and it's it's capped off with with Hammond. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you go back to I think what was Tad's highest rated recruiting class before this one, and it was Josh Scott. It was Wesley Gordon. It was Xavier Johnson. And in that mix was Xavier Talton. And I feel like maybe not as a player, but Julian Hammond is the Xavier Talton of this class, right? He's a guy who's going to be here for four years. He's a guy who is going to be trustworthy. He, you know, he might not ever be the best player on your team, but he's a very important piece um, uh, to have to a puzzle, especially as he grows up and, and you know, becomes an upperclassman. Absolutely. Um, final piece. Javon Ruffin, you know, he's he's probably the 11th man. He, he didn't actually get in in the Nebraska game. Um, he played sparingly in the other exhibition. If it's 11-man 11, 11 rotation, he's in. If it's 10, he's not. And obviously, if it's 9, he's not. And so he's going to be like that first depth guy off the bench. He's also a lot of fun. You know, six foot five guard. His dad was a longtime NBA player. He's now an assistant coach with the Suns. He's coached a couple different spots. He grew up moving around the country with his dad, who's playing in the NBA. Just that fun story. And he says his dad wants him to be a point guard. Six foot five point guard. Uh, probably, again, just needs a little bit of time to develop, I think. But was an all star. It's the grind circuit, right? Grind session. That's what it is. Um, but, but he. Uh, another just developmental guy him and julian kind of the back end here but it's a very high level very talented back end i'm just excited for this whole group this is a guy that like uh, you know he's coming off of that injury but his is way more unique than everyone else on the team because he came from that prep um route uh so he's yep. used to playing a whole lot of games he's mm -hmm. used to competing at a high level in practice um going at it every single day you know that's different than that public school route um, so he's been battle tested. He's known what it's like to, you know, be on his own and to live like that type of lifestyle. Um, so he, he's been there um, right now. We haven't seen much from him. Mm -hmm. So he has a lot to prove. And this is going to be a, a year of proven, mm -hmm. improving that uh, on all his like every aspect. But he's a high IQ guard that you can throw in the mix um, and, and compete and just show what he's about. So 
I'm not high. I'm not low on him. I just like I'm gonna wait and see just to see what type of player that he is. Yep, he was banged up over the summer. Didn't get it's, to practice until the second practice of the season. So he's just a little step behind. Is redshirting in the cards for him? It is definitely in the cards, yeah. and it we haven't like heard one sense. way or the other. But it is absolutely in the cards. Tad usually waits till like the day before the first game to start, mm-hmm. you know, telling people that and. That seems to make sense. It'll never yep. be an 11-man rotation, so it makes sense to redshirt. And and Tad has been asked about that, and he did say, like, yeah, it's on the table, and I think it would make sense. That was early in preseason and practices. Tad, you know, takes pride, and he really does let them make the decision. Mm-hmm. Now, he's obviously going to present it in a way to Jamal You're the Ruffin 11th man and when he says, fourth at point hey, guard, look, third at, yeah. You're probably not going to play that much this year, um, if at all. I think it would be the best choice for you to redshirt, but it has to be your choice. Yep. All right, we're going to play a game before we get out of here. I'm really excited. want to remind you guys, though, this beautiful sign right here it from looks, Saturday Neon. It was uh, properly mounted earlier if you didn't catch mm-hmm. um, the uh, you know um, debacle we had. But We love a good debacle. How about the durability Look of the at Saturday that. Neon sign? You know, it falls, yep. Dev has to catch it. And it stays in perfect condition the whole time. And also, you know, so it's more DNVR now, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. it was so perfectly mounted earlier. DNVR, you know, is a little crooked. Yep. Honestly, it's the perfect piece for your man cave. Uh, it was, so this company, Saturday Neon, actually started by two former buffs. Like, for, I guess we call them forever buffs. I always get in trouble for that. They went to see you is the point. It's a Denver-based company. You can get free shipping. Um, we love it. I mean, Ryan was playing with the remote earlier. You can dim it, which is so nice. Not sure if you guys have seen that episode, The Office, the dinner party one, where they put the 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 big beer neon sign on the wall and it just like is glowing and driving everybody insane. It's hilarious, but not something you want to have in your living room. That dimmer. Look at how easily that dims. How how easy how easily does it dim, oh, Ryan? It's so nice. It's you know you just tap the little button, it dims. You can get it to you can get it to you know flash. You can get it to do all sorts of fun, different things. There is nothing else like this on the market. Check out Saturday Neon. And again, use the code DNVR. Get yourself 10% off. You get free shipping. It's a steal. Just look how beautiful that is. I can't think of anything better. Also, this is your last chance. This is your last chance to get in on these three free tickets for the Oregon State game tomorrow. In the YouTube comments, tell us. CU's all-time leading scorer in basketball. And you'll have a chance. We're going to pick one of these guys randomly. Not many people have answered Odds are in your favor. Don't let this go to waste. Also, I think it's going to be a good crowd up there tomorrow. Yeah. Probably going to be the last night game of the season. Yeah. Uh, it's homecoming. You know, last last time it was packed. What, what was that last game? Oh, Arizona. That place was packed. And people were like, well, it's family weekend. I was like, it's still packed. Like, <laughs> we'll take it. Family weekend at Stanford. There's no one there. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and people will probably say that tomorrow. Well, it's homecoming. Well, when all of the games of the season are, well, it's blank. That just means you had good a good attendance that season. I think you're gonna have great attendance tomorrow. Weather should be nice, um, and these games are fun to go to. Like I think CU's number two in attendance by percentage in the Pac-12 this season. Doesn't that blow your mind? Well, until you remember, like it's UCLA and it's Stanford Oregon. and it's Cal. They're in front of Oregon. That blows your mind. That'll blow your mind for sure. All right, let's, job, let's play fans. a game. Love you guys. We're going fact or fiction here. I came up with a few things. I'm statements. You guys got to tell me: is it fact? Is it fiction? Uh, let's see number one here, Kale. The Buffs will make the NCAA tournament. Fact or fiction? Fiction. It's fiction. I don't want to put those expectations on this team. I just mm-hmm. don't think it's fair. 
Um, and there are people out there, I know how this is going to happen. As soon as they lose a game, everyone's going to lose their mind. <laughs> it doesn't look like a tournament team. I don't think they should. Like, That's not fair as the expectation. Yep. I think the expectation for this team should be the NIT. Now, I understand the people who are saying, we're in year... What, what year are we in of the Tadboyle era? 12. We're in year... Tw wow. Uh, <laughs> we're near 12 of the Tad Boyle era. Every year should be an NCAA tournament year. That is not how collegiate athletics work. Mm -hmm. um, it's cyclical. <laughs> you have, you know, and right now you just came out of a cycle. Now you would have liked to see more out of that cycle. We all, we talked about this on, you know, after they lost in the tournament that it's sad that you never got to the sweet 16 out of that group, yep. but now the cycle is restarting. So by the end of this, you would like to see this team go to the sweet 16. They're at the very beginning of the cycle. Making the tournament would be a massive accomplishment for this team. I, I want to set the expectations a little lower than that. Yeah, I think it, it, you said you said too that you're fiction, right, Dev? Yeah, and it's just because I feel like this is a really young team. You can't put that on them. There's also the guys that are the veterans on the team. You know, they they've helped in different ways. They're all defensive guys, so now they're going to be stepping to a role that they have to be offensive guys and leaders, and it's just new roles that they really haven't mm -hmm. been in. Um, but also, like he said, it's unfair to put those type of expectations on this type of team um, with that recruiting class being young, but so talented in a couple of years. Now you could say it's like a bus or they're just not living up to that expectation, but not right now. Absolutely. And, you know, it, 10, 10 seasons under Tab Boyle, 10 NCAA tournaments, I guess. He's, they've been to five. Would have been six of 11 right. if there were if they did play the NCAA tournament in the COVID year. Um, but. You know what the odds are. You may have noticed a change in our set. Uh, <laughs> Dev is Dev is off to the bathroom. We saw him knocking back a Bud Light Tower earlier, mm. and we've seen beers delivered to him. <laughs> we all saw this coming, right? I we, got we saw us coming. Two seltzers, <laughs> half a coffee in me. I'm still holding strong. I eh? know. So what happened was we had two seltzers here. Ryan drank one and then uh, drank it the other one. It took you too long, okay. bro. There you go. That's I'm what they're there way for. Those don't here. have to be decoration. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's... The expectation isn't fair. By the end of the season, they will be a, a, a tournament team. Like, they'll be tournament, tournament caliber. caliber yeah. But the way the beginning of the season is going to go, the thing is like, it's make, not going to happen. You need some help there, bud? No, I got it now. Um, the thing is, it's not that hard to make the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Top six? You just Top have to, six in the Pac-12? Right. Exactly. So, while, again, I don't want to put those expectations on them, if they win a couple games early... And, you know, obviously they did a good job of building the schedule, which is so dumb, but it matters. Yep. The way you built your schedule really affects your ability to go to the NCAA tournament. They, they have a great schedule. Um, so they have an opportunity to make it happen. I just don't, I don't want people to expect it. It's not fair. All right. We made Kale go back to this little bottom third. Nay, hey, here's the next one. Jabari Walker will be the best player on the team. Fact or fiction? Hmm, define best. I mean, the, the guy who you say... Wow, he just won us a bunch of games. Or like, you you couldn't replace him. Like the the guy that everybody else in the Pac-12 is saying, if we got to pick somebody, we're taking him off your team. Then yes, um, right. he will be that guy. If you're saying who's going to be the most consistent performer on a mm -hmm. night in night out basis, I wouldn't choose him. Um, I think that you would probably go Evan Batty or potentially Elijah Parquet. Mm -hmm. um, but if your question is. Who's the team? Who's the guy that when teams put on the tape, they're saying we got to figure out a way to stop this guy? Who's the guy that when teams, uh, you know, you mentioned, if we could have one guy, we'd have him. It's Jabari. Do you see? Do you see how fast Dev just went all the way down to the bar, 
all the way back. Like that was impressive, Dev. Congrats. It was a pit stop. Like I've been Good a NASCAR you. driver. Oh, yeah, life, oh, we need a NASCAR. Is there a girlfriend show. involved then? Yeah, I was in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Jabari, Bach, Jabari Walker, the best player on the team this year, Dev. Fact, fact. This year, yeah, I do think that it's a, it's a big year for him. Like, uh, I do think that he's a professional player. I don't know if that's NBA or if that's overseas, but he has the opportunity to make that decision off of this year alone to either go and get drafted or to be a player that plays another year and goes overseas. I'll go fiction here. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take the field. I think Tristan De Silva has a chance. Whoa. I, 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 I think Keyshawn has this a chance. This is crazy talk. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm, I'll take the field. I think better than 50-50, somebody else is able to take that from him. I'm cool with you taking the field, but the first name you mentioned was Tristan Just De Silva. Watch. Yeah. Just watch. Just watch. All right, next up, the Buffs will beat a top 25 team this season. How many top 25 teams are they going to play? So they've got Kansas. They've got Tennessee. Those are preseason top 25. I believe so UCLA is also in the top five. I think Arizona State is ranked. There might be another Pac-12 team. Why do they they keep giving Bobby Hurley respect? Um, Not for a good reason. The guy is an absolute fraud. But you got to think that they'll probably hit six, seven, eight games in the Pac-12 against top 25 teams. Absolutely, positively, 100%. Love Fact. it. False. Wow. <laughs> Fiction. Just because I think at that time when they are going to play those teams, like if they they have to be perfect until that like until that point, and that's going to be later in the season. Mm-hmm. So you have to go into Pac-12 play practically undefeated. And I just feel like there's going to be those early growing pains where you could take a loss or two, and then that just pushes you all the way out, like you said. So you're saying not it's not about their ability. It's more about the Pac-12's ability to stay in the top 25. Exactly. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah. Okay. But I'll say this. I want to know the record of top 25 teams when they come into Boulder because it ain't great. I like to hear that. I'll say fact. They're going to get one of them. I'm not sure they'll get two, but they'll get one. Uh, Keyshawn Bartholomew will start every game he is healthy. Absolute fact. Okay. No, no, no worries about KJ or Julian taking the job from him? No, Tad's not that type of guy. Okay. Um, he's you know he has appointed him the point guard of this team. Mm-hmm. Something drastic would have to happen for him to lose that position. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say facts. I think that this is a year that, especially with him being a junior, I just feel like they they want him this year and next, and it just sets the tone. Like this is the guy that we um, that wanted out outright. Uh, this is a player. I think he's also gonna play really well. So. There's yeah. not going to be a reason for him yeah. to like not play. Um, usually, when that type of change comes, it's like to just shake things up. I don't, I don't see them having to shake things up because I think he's going to play really well this year. That's random, that's why I think it's fact. This is a random thing that I love about Keyshawn Bartholomew. He always gets his base set before he shoots a shot. It's like it's such a little thing. That's but true, isn't it? He always gets square. He gets both feet on the ground and he rises up almost the exact same way every single time. I love that about him. I love it too. Next up, Buffs will have a first-team all-conference performer. So Evan Batty made the preseason first team. Worth noting, the Pac-12 is garbage and it has a 10-man first team. <laughs> um, so he's got to be top 10 in the Pac-12. Do the Buffs have one? Fact. I think like they have it. multiple. Um, I think you'll have Jabari in there, and I think that you'll have one of Evan, Eli, uh, or even Keyshawn. Okay. I like it. I think it's facts, and I feel like you could just, like, shoe in um, the two guys. I think it's going to be Parquet, um, okay. and then their their best player on the team. First year. team all defense right there, and that's yes. got to count for something. Exactly. I hope he gets defensive player of the year. Uh, there is a real chance that that happens. I feel like he might be the favorite. He might be. 
Um, they all. This thing is, they always choose bigs. They always want blocks. Yep. That like it's so dumb. It's the same thing in the NBA with the all defensive team. They're looking who had the most blocks, as if that's like that big of a part of defense. I I, I'll go fact as well. Somebody's gonna get it. The fact that Evans preseason, if he doesn't get in, you've got Jabari. You've got guys. Get out of here with this. Question. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Seventy-five percent of the crowd will be CU fans against Kansas. Anyone who was around the last time Kansas came to town, which happened to be an epic game of it all did. time knows that the whole Kansas taking over the keg thing uh -huh. is a thing of the past. Okay. Uh, this is not going to happen this year. It will be 90% Colorado. I'd love to hear it. See, and I, I really, really like RK, but I know he's wrong on this. I'm going to go <laughs> fiction. I think that is going to be a Kansas wow. crowd. I just feel like wow. uh, they're, they're going to be a, you know, a top team this year. And they're gonna just like go with their their team as they always do. Uh, like he did say, it is it has been a thing of the past. But who knows if they broke that streak with like not being able to watch their team for a year? If that brings out more fans, I think it just could go either way. Especially when you see that the football team is still getting that support. So, I mean, I could see it both ways. But I think that Kansas is gonna. I think they're gonna travel. They oh. always do, and it's up to you guys to not let them. Yeah. Like, don't exactly. let Dev be right about this. <laughs> don't let Make him. me right. Don't sell your goddamn tickets to Kansas fans. Look, I, I paid for season tickets this year. Mm -hmm. It's not cheap. But don't be thinking, how can I recoup these costs? You bought the tickets because you care about the team and you want them to succeed. If you sell your tickets to Kansas fans, you don't really care. Totally with you. And I'm going to go fact because I think you convinced them. Yeah. I think you just did it, RK. <laughs> the, whole, the whole fan base is watching. Don't sell your tickets to the game. Worth noting right now, cheapest ticket on StubHub, 160 bucks. I love that. Yep. Do not give away your tickets to this game. I'm sorry. Don't sell them. If you need someone to go, give them to your your Colorado fan friends. It's what I would do. I can. I'm speaking for someone who has paid for season tickets. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Don't go searching for a couple Don't hundred do bucks. Don't do it. Uh, next up, KJ Simpson will be the top freshman this year. Only counting the new guys. None, none like red shirt, freshman, yeah, yeah, COVID, yeah. freshman uh, stuff. Oh, uh, that's fact. And I'm mostly going off of what I've heard from people. Okay. But they just adore the kid up there. I agree. I'm going to say uh, fiction. Oh, I like it. I like it. Who you got? Julian Hammond. I love wow. it. Oh, Julian Hammond. Wow. wow. That's, that's love right there. He plays big. He's, he, he's fun. He's definitely fun. And the way he passes, the way he can control an offense, there's potential for sure. He's just if not he's shy. That, if he's that guy, then my Xavier Talton comparison is way off. I, yeah, I didn't <laughs> want to say anything about no, that. No, I want your opinion <laughs> on that. Yeah, I, I think – I really think that he's he's a, he's a real, like, player. Like, And it's not to say Xavier wasn't, but I just feel like he knew his role. I don't feel like he's a role player. I feel like he's a standout star type of player that – He's going to, like, once he, like, shows that this is what I am, he's going to have a big game where he scores, like, you know, 16 or something. And from there, he's just going to start a streak because he's going to score. And I think that Tad understands that. Like, okay, if we're having, you know, a tough stretch of offense, we're going to put this guy out there. And it's going to be hard for me not to keep him on the floor because he's going to mm -hmm. just keep scoring. I throw Lawson Lovering is the other guy out there. Xavier Talton um, has some cringy TikToks. Now, I'll say this. He does numbers <laughs> on them, but God, they are cringy. Oh, boy. I'm, we'll have to check those out Because I have his number. So, you know, oh. sometimes when you're just going through, it says from your contacts. Okay. <laughs> and since he, he, does, he does big numbers, but he's, like, trying to, like, look <laughs> sexy. Oh, it is tough to watch. All right. We got one more here, Kale. 
Two was, more. And he was always cool to me. So Bus sorry, will Garage. win Paradise Jam. Uh, let me let me throw out the the yeah, teams that they're do. playing for you because you don't know what they're talk, or Paradise what we're talking. Paradise Jam about. sounds like an AAU tournament. Yeah, that'd be a fun AAU tournament. I bet Isn't going there to the Virgin Jam? Islands. Yeah, that yeah. Um, really so they too. they'll play Southern Illinois in the first round. Okay, got them. They'll play the winner, assuming they win, of Northeastern and Duquesne in the second round. All right, two and zero. Oh. And then they'll play the other side of the bracket: Bradley, Brown, Creighton, or Colorado State. What? That's paradise. Oh, that, that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> Some that is, paradise. <laughs> that's paradise for the buffs. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so it's going to be probably Colorado, Colorado State in the final. That'll be fun. I agree. We're going to do some fun stuff, so stay tuned for that. Is too. that, we'll have a on, show is that on the schedule on its own this year? What do you mean? Colorado State. Do they play them? No, they don't. And there's there's some beef. I'm not all caught up on it, but there's some beef from CS, from Justin in particular. Do you think but, it <laughs> has to do with them quitting the soccer game? I don't think so, but it should. Mm, Cancel okay. all events with Colorado State after that. Yeah, I mean, how are we supposed to play them when they won't even show up? I, I know. All facts. All facts on the uh, they'll win Paradise Jam. What's up next here? Buffs will beat Montana State on Tuesday. By 30? Make it 50. I hate those. <laughs> I can't, I'm not, we've made it this far clean. I'm not going to say what I think about Montana uh, State. Yeah, they crushed them. It's like, a fact. It's a facts. fact. It's a fact. All right, let's give away these tickets. Absolutely. Who do we got? Who we got? Kale, we're trusting you to pick one of the winners or pick the winner of these. Swag. PD, PD Swag. PD Swag. All right, Great PD job. Swag. Uh, I think PD Swag up. was also the first to come in at the end, so good job. Okay. And he's correct. It is a tie between Corey Higgins and Richard Roby. How crazy is that? Crazy. Hundreds of years of Colorado basketball. Maybe like 100. Um, and <laughs> the two all-time leading scores ended with the exact same number. And if you talk to either of those guys, they love that fact because they both have a ton of respect for each mm -hmm. other. Hit us up on Twitter, PD Swag. Uh, just the DMVR Buffs account. We'll figure out how to get these to you. We'll be around tomorrow. Um, so we got that. Uh, all that's left. Actually, do we have any questions real quick? No questions. Bold predictions. What is your bold prediction for this season? Wow. Dev, we'll start with you. My bold prediction. I mean, I've already alluded to it, but. Wow, it's so it's bold. The, the <laughs> flash. It's, the, it's that Dominique Clifford becomes that guy for this team. Okay. I feel like, you know, early on in the season, he'll have his moments. But then, at, like, at the end of the season, I think that is going to be the Colorado guys that, like, really just overtake with Jabari Walker. Um, I feel like Luke O'Brien, Julian Hammond, um, Clifford are going to become those guys for this team. Um, but I really think that Clifford's going to be the guy that you go into next year saying that that's who this team is built around next year. That's my bold prediction. The alarms are going off. <laughs> um, if I got to go bold here, again, I'm, I'm not trying to set this as the expectation. Okay. But if I go bold here, I'll say that, that for the second year in a row, Colorado finishes top four in the Pac-12 and gets Ooh. a bye in the Pac-12 tournament. I like it. I like it. I also like that, you know, if you're, if you're saying something about the NCAA tournament, that includes what happens over the course of the first month and a half or whatever of exactly. the season. That's a good take, that they'll have things figured out enough that they can make it. Right, to the top they four. mature, and again, you defend and you rebound, you'll have a chance at that spot. I like it. Give me Tristan Da Silva, first team all Pac 12. 
I'm all over the hype train. Just watch what's going to happen. I'm he's so excited for you to he's be right. He's a freak. And you talk to him. Everybody has so many good things to say. I've spent so much time sitting in that gym after practice just watching him throw up shots when everybody else is gone. The man wants it. It's going to happen. Can he catch a body? He's going to catch so many bodies. <laughs> you wouldn't believe all the bodies he's about to catch this season. <laughs> we'll see. All right. That's going to do it for today. We will be back on Tuesday. It's going to be me and Marissa. Uh, we're going to be up in Boulder for the Montana State game. Make sure you stay in tune to all the all the stuff, writing, all the podcasts, uh, social media, all that stuff. And we'll have a post-game stream after that. So we'll see you guys then. And for one night, we're all Grizzlies. Uh, I'm going to wear my Grizz socks. <laughs> I haven't decided which pair, but I'm going to wear my Grizz socks. All right. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Steph, for doing this. And, of course, thanks, producer Kale behind the scenes for making it all happen. And real quick before we get out of here, one more time, Saturday Neon, you need this. Right. And so get this. Check it out. You're giving money to Buffs. You're using the code DNVR, so you're getting 10% off. You're not giving them all that much money. It's a great deal. Free shipping, the perfect gift, or the perfect thing just to buy for yourself. I'm uh, I'm going to steal this by the end of the night. All right, that's going to do it for today. And we will uh, see you guys on Tuesday.